Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. I'm Alan Kohler, and every day my writing and podcasts put the financial world into context with a focus on the issues that matter. Join us today. It's only a dollar for the first month. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch. Greg Demopoulos here with today's Crypto 101 for The Constant Investor. And today it's all about security. How do you keep your cryptocurrencies safe if you indeed hold any? I gave Chris Pavlesic a call, the CEO of Coinstop, a cryptocurrency hardware wallet provider in Australia, to find out. Let's start with hardware wallets when it comes to cryptocurrencies. What exactly are they? So hardware wallets are a cold storage an offline solution for storing your cryptocurrencies um, securely, safely, and within your grasp. So I guess the difference between hardware wallets and what's known as hot wallets, uh, which is kind of like your, your wallets on exchanges or your online apps or anything like that, is the fact that um, these things are prone to attacks. So obviously being online, you can get malware, key logging software, which essentially people can get access to your accounts and, and start doing malicious activities. Whereas with the, with the cold storage and offline wallets, um, it's a lot more difficult, essentially almost impossible um, to do any of those things. And so how exactly do they keep the cryptocurrency, say I own Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin, how do they keep that particular coin secure? Yeah, good, great question. So I guess the fundamental difference is What's, so we all know about private keys. So the private key is is what's, what gives you the access or the right to withdraw funds or move funds around. So, so, so can um, we just rewind a little for people say that have no clue what a sure. private key is? Can you run us through the background of what that is and how that works to fit in with the wallet? Yeah, sure, sure, I can do that. So it, think of um, cryptocurrency like traditional financial banking, you've got your account number and your BSB and all that sort of stuff. And you need those details when you send that to other people, uh, but you obviously don't give away your login password. So think of the BSB and account number as your public key. So that's the thing that you want to give issue out to people that they can send to. And then the private key being your password, the one that gives you access to send those funds out. So back to the hardware wallets, what, what the hardware wallets do is they create the private key offline so instead of, you know, you, you download an app on your phone and it's just good to go, right? And you can start trading, you can start accepting money and start sending money. At no point are you given the private key or are you shown the private key. The, the third party, the, app, the person who owns the app or, or, or the exchange has, has the private key. So that's kind of the first scary point is that they have access to your funds. Now, assuming they don't do anything malicious, that's fine, but we've seen in the past with exchanges going down and being hacked and key logging software and malware software that, you know, it's not always true. So what, what the hardware wallets do is when you plug it in and set it up for the first time, um, you obviously enter your pin, which is what gives you access to the hardware wallet for, for day-to-day use. And then you also are given uh, 24 secret words. So they're only ever displayed on the device itself upon setup. So it might be like word one, dog, word two, chair, word three, hat. And within the, within the hardware wallet um, box, you get given a little recovery phrase sheet. I mean, you could just write this down on any piece of paper as well. Um, and then essentially, as you go through the words, you write them down in order, and that's known as your recovery phrase and your private key. So should you ever lose your device or it became you know, malfunctioned or you dropped it in the toilet or, or whatever, as long as you had those 24 words, 
and your private key, you could essentially purchase another device, upload those 24 words onto the new device, and your wallets are restored. What would happen in the event that said person also lost their 24 recovery phrases and their original device malfunctioned? Well, that's probably where you're in a little bit of water there. So you're not going to be able to do a whole lot without those words and without the device. So yeah, you're kind of left on your own there. So that's why I always recommend people that, you know, don't be taking photos of your 24 words and emailing it to your friends or whatever, because once those are online, you've kind of defeated the purpose of purchasing the hardware wallet. The whole, the whole purpose was to create that private key offline. So, you know, you write down your 24 words and you stick it in your safe at home and you lock it up or you, you, ch- you chuck it in your filing cabinet, somewhere safe, somewhere secure. That's not going to get lost. It's not going to get tampered with. I mean, you could, you could go to the next level. And of course you could split those 24 words into groups of four, six words, and you could give six words to four different locations. I mean, you know, you could get as creative as you'd like with your private key, but as long as you know what it means, the right order and where it is, you can always get access to your funds. Now, when it comes to actual hardware wallets, who are some of the major players out there that make them and how long have they been around? Yeah, sure. So I'd say there's probably two or three of the major players in the game at the moment. So I like to use the analogy of so the, the two are Ledger and Trezor. So Ledger are from France and uh, Trezor are from the Czech Republic. And I like to think of those two as as kind of like the Apple and the Android of the market. So you've got Ledger, which is kind of like the Apple. They're nice and flashy and, you know, they're kind of trying to get, you know, throwing a big, big net over the, over the sea to try cast a lot of people in. Whereas Trezor are a bit more of your, your OG, your original sort of Bitcoin wallet. That's their slogan, the original Bitcoin wallet. So they've both been around for, I think Trezor's been around for about three or four years, perhaps. And Trezor's, uh, sorry, Ledger's been around for about, about two years or so. So they've been in the game for, for quite a while and, and they're definitely the most reputable companies out there. And is there anything else security-wise people should be aware of when moving their coins from, say, the exchange to the wallet? Should they do a test the first time to make sure they've got their keys correct? What's, what are some of those best, best practice fundamentals that they should keep in mind? Yeah, sure, sure. So like you said, like you said that, that is quite a good good practice, which is of sending a small amount of money first. So like I always recommend this to people when they've just set up their hardware wallet for the first time and they're still feeling out the process and understanding how it all works, um, would be to send send a small amount of Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever particular cryptocurrency you are moving from the exchange or from an alternative wallet to your hardware wallet. Just send, you know, five or ten dollars so you understand the process. You watch it come through, you can see it all jump into the into the dashboard of the wallet and you can see, you know, unconfirmed, but you know it's been it's been registered by the blockchain and then it's only a matter of 10, 15 minutes or however long the blockchain takes to confirm those transactions. And then you can sort of go full steam ahead and move the rest across. Just to finish off, is there anything that people should always keep in the back of their mind when it comes to security and when it comes to cryptocurrencies? Yeah, sure. I guess the, the fundamental thing is your private key. So you, you really don't want to be giving it out to anyone that I guess you don't want accessing your funds. As soon as you give that private key out, that person essentially has the ability to to restore your wallet elsewhere or access your wallet and siphon your funds out. So like I said earlier, don't don't be taking photos or writing down an email to your mother or something like that and, and shooting across your words. And I've seen that seen that a lot with people who you know, they'll write down the words on, on a bill or something as they're setting up their wallet and then they'll end up using that 
bill for a particular another purpose like registering with an exchange. They've now given their private key away to the exchange. So I've actually, I've actually personally seen that because I work closely with an exchange and it's just a, you know, a really bad practice to be doing. So, you know, fundamental is keep that private key secure um, and, and usually not much will go wrong after that. Well, Chris, it's been great speaking with you today. Thanks so much for making time. No worries, Greg. Thanks for having me. That was Chris Pavlesic, the CEO of Coinstop.